Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of Arise with Amber. Thank you all for joining me. I hope that you are having a blessed morning with your cup of coffee, a blessed lunchtime if you're driving somewhere, a blessed evening, blessed middle of the night. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, I'm grateful that you have found me. You are not here by accident. There are no accidents with our Lord, so he has positioned you right here for such a time as this. I hope that something that I say will spark something in you and make you want to know Jesus. So I got some good feedback on the Arise Challenge last week. We did a challenge where I asked you guys to read the Book of Romans, and I got a lot of good feedback from that. I'm really glad that some of you did it. I hope that a lot of you did. There is so much goodness in the Book of Romans, and I'm glad that it blessed some of you guys. And some of you wrote me and said that you guys would like to do a challenge like that every week. So I'm going to challenge you again at the end of this episode to read something else. So I also wanted to update you from my message last week on feeling like I was falling short, (laughs) Uh, which is like the season that all my friends seem to be in. I just got a message from a friend this morning and she was saying she feels like she's failing. Um, I think as moms, we feel like we fail quite a lot quite a bit. And we're we're called to uplift each other. We're called to encourage one another. We're called to show up and be there for each other. So that's kind of the season of my mom group of friends that everybody's in. We feel like we're falling short, um, but we are leaning on each other and leaning on the Lord. So that is getting us through. I wanted to update you, go, I wanted to update you guys. I have been making myself get up at five so that I can read the Bible. And That five o'clock comes pretty early, especially if we get in bed late. Uh, The kids have been going to bed a little bit later, and then Granger and I like to watch a little bit of a show before bed. It's kind of our only time that we have together. So that 5 a.m. alarm comes pretty early, and I want to hit snooze a lot. But I've been making myself get up, and I've been going into our little TV room and making my cup of coffee in the morning and having my quiet time with God. And it has been so good for my soul so good for my mood. If I can encourage you, if you are in a busy season of your life, set that alarm a little bit earlier. I know you want that sleep. We all need our sleep, but I would sacrifice a little bit of sleep so that I can read my word. So that's what I've been doing to make up for that feeling like I've been falling short because I knew I was falling short because I wasn't in my word. So that was that was affecting my mood and, and everything. But I've been so much better this week. I've been more joyful. I've been more patient. And I've been able to serve my friends better, my family better. So praise God for that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of your word that is life, that sustains us. God, we thank you that anytime we feel that we are lacking, we can come to you and you refresh us. So I pray that if there's anybody here that's listening who's feeling like they are failing, like they are just falling short, God, I pray that you draw them to you. I pray that they open up their word. I pray that they hit their knees and that they cry out to you because you are the giver of life. It is by your strength that we can do everything. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So I pray that they lean on you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son. I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for a relationship with you that while we were still sinners, you sent your son for us, God. And we love you. And that's the greatest gift we can ever receive. I pray that somebody here hears a word from you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, I was driving this week. 
and it's it's Amazon Prime Week. <laughs> I'm sure many of you have bought things off of Amazon. I did. I got a, a few good deals for the barn that we're renovating, but I was driving and this Amazon van passed me and the side of it said, warning, contents inside may cause happiness. So I kind of thought about that for a second. And I've also seen another one that says, that thing you want, dot, 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 it's right in here. I came home and told Granger about this and he was in the middle of writing a sermon and he said, oh, that's good. I might use that. So don't be surprised if you hear both of us talking about the Amazon truck this week. Like I said, I'm not going to lie. I did pick up some good deals for the barn and I sent deals to my friends. I know there's a lot of influencers who are posting all the prime deals because who doesn't love a good deal? Who doesn't love a bargain? I like to try to, to find all the good deals whenever I shop to save money. But those material things, those things in that truck, those packages that show up to your door in two-day delivery, a lot of days, now you can get Amazon Prime now where it just shows up in a couple hours. They might bring you, quote, happiness, like that truck said, for a short time, but those things don't bring you true joy. And that thing that you want, that thing that you are searching for that they so cleverly are using as a marketing tool is not in an Amazon van. It's not in an Amazon van. It's not in that shiny new toy. It's not in that bottle. It's not in that affair. It's not in that pantry. It's not in that shopping spree. It's not in that boy or girl that you like. That thing that you want, that thing that you are searching for, longing for, your identity, that peace, that true joy, that relationship, that feeling of belonging and meaning and purpose, that is in the word of God. That is in your Bible. That is in God incarnate in Jesus Christ himself. And God is the one that put that desire in you, that longing, that searching for something, that I have to find my meaning, I have to find my purpose, that feeling of even though you think you might have everything you need, there's always something missing. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has also set eternity in their heart. It's why so many people who don't know Christ feel lost or they feel a longing or they're always wanting more or when somebody wins the lottery and they have all this money in the world, but they're so sad and they're depressed and they're lonely. Or we were watching the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary and that guy had some drive. That guy had some ambition. I told Granger, the Lord did not put that drive in me. He was in Austria and he saw a bodybuilder and he said, I'm going to be the best bodybuilder builder in the world. And he did it. And then he got bored of that. So he said, I'm going to be the number one actor in the world. So he did it. And then he got bored of that. And then he, he didn't know what else he wanted. So he got into politics and then he was really good at that. So every single pedestal that he got on and got to number one, it didn't fulfill him. It didn't fulfill him in his heart. And he ended up having an affair, ended up getting a divorce, ended up his family breaking apart. So we can look at these people who we think we can put on this pedestal that oh, if I just had what they had, then I'd be happy. But that's not true because happiness, joy, doesn't come from the things of this world. God set a longing in our hearts for more 
God set a longing in our hearts for hope and for heaven and for eternity. And nothing on this earth will satisfy those longings. I want to list, I was thinking of the ways, of many ways that, God, that God's word shapes our spiritual lives. So I'm going to list 20 here, and maybe Paul can put them at the bottom as I go. So 20 ways that the word of God shapes our spiritual lives. Number one, it saves us. That's the most important thing. It saves us. It saves us. God's transforming word, his saving us by grace through faith alone, I would say is the most important thing that we are saved. We are brought back into right relationship with the Lord. Number two, it teaches us. The Bible says all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. It guides us. If you ever, if you ever have a question about anything, you can go to the word of God and say, what does God's word say about this? Let's pray about this. Number four, it revives us like it did for me this week. I was feeling parched. I went back to the well. I went to the word of God and I was revived. Number five, it comforts us. I can't tell you how many people send me a message when they're going through grief or trauma and say, can you give me a scripture for this? Can you give me a scripture for depression? Can you give me a scripture for suicide? Can you give me a scripture for grief and loss? It comforts us. God's word comforts us. His truth brings us comfort when we're suffering. Number six, it warns us. Many times in scripture, it warns us of things to stay away from, of things not to do, of of how to live our lives, of how not to live our lives. Number seven, it counsels us. It counsels us. It, It teaches us in the way that we should go. Number eight, it nourishes us. It is our, it is our, bread. It is our food. It is our feast. Number nine, it judges us. It judges us. It many times, I'd say all the time, God, the Bible, you think you're reading the Bible, but the Bible is really reading you. The Bible knows you better than you think, better than you know yourself. It's the living, active, breathing word of God. And in it, it judges us. It judges our character. It judges our marriage. It judges our friendships. It judges our devotion to the Lord. Number 10, it sanctifies us. It points us to what is true. It allows God to prune things in our lives that are not worthy of him, that do not bring him glory. Number 11, it protects us. It protects us. When we put on the armor of God, that is a protection from the enemy. And we have an enemy that is out there seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, seeking to rip apart your marriage, rip apart your friendships, rip apart your family. So we have to, we have to know that when we go into war, when we go into battle with the enemy or the things of this world, the word of God is a protector to us. Number 12, it frees us. It breaks chains. The word of God helps us to break those chains, to shed off all of that sin and all of the baggage that we've been carrying around with us, it frees us. Number 13, it rewards us. It rewards us. It brings us reward. We read all through scripture about how God's word is a reward, how it brings us reward. Number 14, it strengthens us. I said, I think it was in my prayer that we can do nothing apart from Christ. God's word is a strength to our soul. It it helps us. It builds us. We can lean on the word of God when we're going through hard times, when we're going through good times. It brings us strength and allows us to help 
bring strength to others. Number 15, which is, this is what I've been praying a lot about over the last couple weeks is it makes us wise. And I've been praying so hard for godly wisdom. And God's word said, ask and you shall receive. I have been praying, Lord, make me wise. Give me your wisdom. Give me your godly truth. Help me to speak only what is true of your word. I, I, I know that I'll never have the mind of God. I'll never understand. His ways are unsearchable. But I want to be wise in his truth. So not only for myself, for my husband, for my family, so that I can witness to others. I want to be wise in what brings him glory. I want to be wise in how to be spirit-led and how to walk out my faith for others to see. Number 16, it brings joy. It brings joy. It's the best book, the best love story, the best love letter about God redeeming his people. That brings joy, which brings me to the next one. It brings hope. No matter what you are facing in this world, God's word is hope. It speaks of the one Savior who came for us to seek and save the lost. And it brings hope to those who know him, who trust him, who believe in him. It identifies us. So many people are out there searching for their identity. They don't know who they are. The world is confusing people. The enemy is confusing people. God's word says who you are. You can go to God's word for your identity. Number 19, it points us to our Savior, which is what I said about bringing joy and hope. All of the Old Testament is leading up to our Savior. The New Testament shows us who he is, what he's done for us and how we can have eternal life in him, how we can be forgiven, how we can be made in right relationship with the Lord. It, it points us to our Messiah, our Savior, our God, Jesus. Number 20, it shows us how to love one another, which God's word, you know, he says the two greatest commandments are to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. It shows us how to love one another in our families, in our friendships, and it's good for wisdom and how to do that. It's, it's good for showing us how we can have compassion, how we can be hospitable, how we can love our enemy in times when we don't want to pray for a certain person who has hurt us. It shows us how to do that because Jesus modeled that. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Yes. <laughs> the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward." So just in that psalm, just in that one psalm, just verses 7 through 11, that speaks of so many of the 20 ways that I spoke of, of how God, how his word shapes our spiritual lives. A lot of people will ask, what is the will of God? I don't, I don't know what God's will is for my life. And he tells us in his word, he tells us over and over again in so many different places. And just one place that I was reading this past week was in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul writes, For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. 
for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So just one of the wills of God is for our sanctification, our walking by the Spirit in holiness and in honor and bringing him glory on knowing and trusting and believing in his Son, in Jesus. John 6, 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It's in Jesus where we find our eternal joy, not just circumstantial happiness, but eternal, forever, deep in our soul. It comes from within, joy, not in some Amazon truck, not in some store, not in some job, not in some promotion, not in some material thing, not in some bottle or some drug or some sexual activity or that thing that you've been looking at on your computer, none of that will bring you joy. Don't seek the world. Don't seek the people in it to make you happy because the things in the people in this world will always let you down. We're human. We're sinners. But God will not let you down. And even if people in this world don't let you down, they fade and they pass away. So what are you going to do when you feel like all your joy comes from one person or one relationship or a child or one child? What are you going to do when the Lord takes them home? Then where's your joy going to come from? So are you looking on the sun? Are you looking to Jesus? Maybe you're new here. Maybe this is your first podcast. Maybe you stumbled upon this. Maybe you just clicked on it. You don't even know why you're here. And maybe you don't know the living God. Maybe you are searching for something. And the Lord has led you here and you don't know what that is. Maybe you feel so lost and you feel so alone. I want you to know that you have a God who created you, who created you male or female, who loves you. And that thing that you're longing for, what you're searching for, is what Granger and I always say is a God-shaped hole. It's a God-shaped hole that you're trying to fill with everything else and nothing in this world will fill it but Jesus himself but the word of God, nothing is going to fill it. And it is his will for you to know him and to know what he did for you on the cross. He loved you so much that he stepped down from glory, that he gave himself up for your sins so that you could be forgiven and made in right relationship to him. He took the wrath of God that we deserved and his work on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, all of that for those who repent and believe in him, we're given forgiveness. We're given restoration and we're brought back into relationship with God. And it's something that we could never do on our own. You can't do it by being a good person. 
Because the Bible says not one is good. But through the work of Jesus, we get to experience and we get to have that inheritance that is offered by the precious blood of our Lord on the cross. Isn't that the best news? That is the best news ever. That is what everyone is searching for. And they think that they can find it elsewhere. And you can't. It's the best news to know that you're forgiven. Because I can guarantee every one of you has sinned in more ways than one. And probably pretty badly. Where you might feel sometimes I can never be forgiven for that. Because I know that I've felt that. But isn't that the best news? That God's word says you can. You just have to turn to him and believe in him and call on him and follow him. And he's with you. He's with you through everything that you face. He's, he's with you in this life and you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to keep searching. Because once you find it, once you find it in his word, it's, you treat it as a treasure. And you know that this life is not your only home that you have so much to look forward to, so much to look forward to in eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. So will you come to him? Will you not harden your heart when you hear the gospel? You're here for a reason. You might think that you're not. You might think that you don't have meaning and purpose and that God made a mistake, but that's a lie from the pit of hell. You have meaning and you have purpose and God cares for you. And He wouldn't have placed people in your lives who have spoken the gospel to you before. He wouldn't have placed a certain church in your life. He wouldn't have placed a certain church camp in your life or just Christian Christian people around you. He wouldn't have placed those people in your life if he didn't want to know you and if he didn't want to draw you to him and if he didn't care about you and didn't love you. He does that out of his grace and out of his mercy so that you will come to him. So... If that is you, if you do not know the living God, I want you to find a Bible. I want you to pray. I want you to hit your knees. I want you to pray for the Lord to reveal himself to you in a mighty way and for him to fill you with unwavering faith. Pray for wisdom and knowledge, which is what I'm praying so much about this week. And pray to know the real living God of the Bible because there there are a lot of false gospels out there. And I'm warning you about them now. You want to know the God of Scripture. You want to know our Lord Jesus, our Messiah. And then read, read, and read some more. Because he has prepared a feast for you. And it is nourishment to your soul. It is. It will revive you. It will give you hope and joy and wisdom and knowledge and all of the things that I spoke about earlier. Thank you guys so much for joining me. You are chosen. I am just so grateful to have you here. And I was thinking that let's read the book. Let's read or reread the book of John. I think you can learn so much about our Lord and his life and his love for you. So you guys can check back in with me um, after you read the book of John. I will see you guys next week. You can find me at arisewithamber.com. You can find me on Instagram at Amber Emily Smith. You can shoot me a message, arisewithamber at gmail.com. Granger's book, a couple more weeks, Like a River, comes out August 1st. And you can pre-order that now. So you can go to grangersmith.com and you can click on the pre-order link. And I hope 
our, our hope in that is that it will bring others hope and point people to Jesus who are suffering, who have suffered, or who inevitably will suffer in their life. So if you guys have bought it, if you are on our pre-launch team, if you guys have liked it, please share it and send it to somebody that you love or somebody that's hurting. Send it to your friend. Talk about it on social media. Share it. Um, We're excited to get that in the hands of everyone we can. And we've been praying so much about it, praying for the hearts to receive it. And we're grateful for all of you guys. So I'll see you next time. You're chosen. Bye. Thank you.